0: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Should I go backwards on this set? Should I start with Megan, go Rudo, then Jesse? Do counter? No, I guess that would be clockwise. I normally do counterclockwise. I don't know.
1: I, I, I always thought you just went in order. I didn't know there was like a specific. Well, I,
0: on the other set, I would always go left to right. right. Oh, okay. so now maybe on this set, I'll go right to left. Uh, you can do <laughs> this, is, this
1: is your world. We're just Except for
0: yesterday, I didn't go. I, I went right to left also, I think. I was going to say something, but I got yeah.
2: embarrassed.
0: <laughs> new set, all messed up. Also... Teams in the NHL actually doing stuff continues. This was this was kind of rumored yesterday. We will get into some RFA talk. That is something I wanted to get into. But this morning, the LA Kings made it official, signing Gavrikov for two years at a $5.875 million deal. So I want to start with this UFA deal with Gavrikov. First of all, a lot of people showing a little bit of surprise that it was just a two-year deal. It also has a full NMC. Why did Gavrikov decide as a unrestricted free agent in the prime of his career to go with a short-term deal?
1: So I actually remember hearing some chatter that there was a little bit of belief that this could be a theme this summer uh, as <clears throat> players wait for the salary cap to yeah, really make sense. Uh, I, I think that there is just a general sense, you know, players talk, I'm sure they they've talked with each other. Uh, you know, I'm sure the PA has discussed this with them. Uh, there will be, you know, JT Conference is a good example. It's kind of an unfortunate time to be a UFA right now because maybe more so than ever, teams are making relatively intelligent decisions with the money they're deciding <laughs> to give out and the term and stuff like that just because they know we're going to get some cap relief here in a couple years but we're not going to handcuff ourselves in the interim because we don't know exactly when that's going to come um now the question you're asking is why would why would you bet on yourself in a ufa year like this kind of yeah uh where you know what how old is he
2: 27.
1: i mean that takes takes him to his age 29 summer if you have two more good seasons, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could get another nice deal, but oh, that's that's hard to, like I said, it's hard to bet on yourself at 27, oh, which is such, a, I hate that that sense just came out. Of that makes it sound like-
0: We're both in our 30s and... You know, I was, I was
1: gonna say, that was the most <laughs> upsetting part about my 30th birthday was I was like, oh man, if I was a pro athlete, people would be like, he's on the back nine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just play baseball. You can you can make it close to 40 in baseball. You'll be all right. Oh,
1: good call. Good call. I, I guess I will just take up baseball. <laughs> right now. You can go pro. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
0: Megan, are you with Jesse on this? Is this just a all-in bet on himself, or is there a little bit more to this?
2: I think that's absolutely a part of it, and I think 27, it is kind of dicey. Like I do think it's young enough that it's not the most intense plausible thing I've ever heard. But I also wonder if from LA's side, that 585 was looking on the lower five end of things, if there was term, and he wanted something higher in the immediate alongside taking this bet on himself, hoping that at the end of this all, maybe he does get closer to that six mark for a next contract.
1: The, the other thing to keep in mind too is like there's, there's absolutely a chance that you're looking at a situation where his agent told him, I don't know if we're going to be able to get much more than that on the open market. You know, just again, with the way that teams are spending money this summer, you know, this is probably gonna be right in the range. If we take a short deal, you could still get one more long term deal. Cause that, well,
0: it didn't quite happen the same way, but similar situation with what Nazem Kadri did. So
1: dude, you took the words out of my mouth. Great call. It's, it's, So let's say he signs an eight-year deal Mm -hmm. that puts him at 35. That's a really awkward age to be trying to get that next deal, especially for the type of player that Gabrikov is. So again, you say, cool, this takes me to 29. If you're still playing good hockey, Nazem Kadri just proved, you can still get someone to give you a long-term deal. And when the money, you know, the cash is flowing a little bit better, there's a little bit more certainty on not only where the salary cap is, but where it's going to go. Um, I think this makes more sense when you dig into it than it maybe does at the surface level. Because like we're kind of saying here, on the surface, a 27-year-old looking to cash in and UFA taking a two-year deal to stay where he's at, out of the ordinary.
0: Uh, a couple things here. First, this comment in the chat from John talking about the cap going way up. I don't think it's silly at all. No, I was gonna say, uh, I mean, it's- Bettman did come on and is... State of the NHL presser, or whatever you want to call it, and say, "Hey, it's only going up one million this summer." But there, what was a one point one billion dollar deficit that yeah. the escrow owed by the players is now down to like seventy million. Yeah, so they're going to pay off the the COVID debt. Th- this
1: is one of those because I, I understand the skepticism because this is always you know people always say, oh when's it's the been cap's gonna... four years of this right, now. Right, right. Yeah. but the the reason that people talk about it with such confidence is because of what you just said. There's there's actual dollars and cents charts that yeah. you can look at, projections that you can read that say, once this happens, it'll lead to this. And right now that the causality is once you pay off this debt owed back in escrow, that will have a direct effect on the salary cap going up. So I get the skepticism, but this is one thing that is pretty black and white. You got to get the COVID escrow paid off to get a bump in the salary cap, and that will happen.
0: Circling back to Gavrikov, Megan, I think the most interesting part of this contract for me is the full NMC that Gavrikov gets on it. Because we see players sign these deals all the time and get flipped at the deadline. NMC kind of indicates that's not what Gavrikov wants. Is this just Gavrikov believing in L.A., or is there something going on here?
2: Oh, I mean... That's what I imagine it to be. Okay. I'd be curious if you had a, a possible alternative, but I imagine it to be this is not only taking a little bit of a bet on himself, but it also is a bet on the organization um, and what he hopes to achieve in that two-year window because his individual success that he's taking this bet on is going to be influenced by the success of the team around him. And so in a way, yeah. he's taking a bet on L.A. as well in agreeing to this at his age with the two years. And I think he takes a look around L.A.'s lineup and sees that this is – An organization that even as you get older, if you're still contributing and of value to the team, they respect that. And I think he appreciates that, too. Like, even at the end of this two years, if there's another extension at the end of it, it could still be through L.A. And I kind of imagine that's where his head is at. Well,
1: and it also gives him a little bit more control because let's say the wheels do come off for L.A. here. I don't think they will. I think that's a team. I think they're on the up as well. They got to get something figured out in net. But let's say that does happen gives him a little bit of control that he can't just be, you know, sold off to the highest bidder at a deadline, you know, to, to the point that Megan was making. If he likes it in LA, if he thinks that's a good fit for him, he can say, I'm good. Just kind of sitting here. Let's talk contract this summer. Um, <clears throat> but if it's not working out for them, he, he can, he has some hands on the wheel. Let's say, I don't want to go there. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting. Uh, and this is a conversation we don't have to get too far into, but, more and more it feels like uh, there is more power going towards players in negotiation. Like when we were growing up, the teams basically held players hostage. They didn't want to sign. Mm-hmm. It yep. was yep. just, so I think that's a good thing too, it, for the record. I but mean, dude, it,
1: it goes hand in hand with what we were talking about on Monday, that there's just a new way of thinking for, for athletes th- at the, at the professional level. And It maybe doesn't feel that way all the time because to make it to the NHL, the NBA, NFL, whatever, you have to be wired a certain way. Yeah. And and like you, you just do to, to put in that kind of work, to have that kind of sacrifice to travel and willing to be away from your family and, you know, working out at 6am before morning skate, then getting a light workout after morning skate, go home, make sure you're eating right, get a nap, get back to the rink, warm up, play your game, then work out again. Like the average person, like mentally, you, you can't get to where these people are. So that's why it's maybe hard to notice, but like there is a shift in the in the culture for pro- professional sports. Athletes are more in control of their brand. Athletes are more in control of their money. You know, they've got agents. They've now been working with, you know, agents in, in case of the NHLers, you know, from the time they were 15, 16, they've got money managers, they've got family you know, uh, plan managers, things like that, and they're just taking a little bit more control, and they're basically saying, like, "Yeah, I'm not going to let you bully me into a, you know, three-year bridge Nonsense, deal I, at a terrible dollar deal. That, yeah, yeah doesn't reflect my value. I'm fine, you know, sitting out. Mm-hmm. I'm fine requesting a trade because they almost kind of see it, which I, I think is a good thing. Is like this: you guys always get to claim the business side; we're doing the same thing. Yep." And and, and there's been just a a little bit of a shift in the power there. And I think that's another reason why, again, going back to Monday conversation, you're going to start to see a new wave of coaches, new waves of GMs, because you have to, the old school, you know, Lou Lamarillo philosophy, like that, that just doesn't fly
0: anymore. Does not work in the NHL at this point, basically.
1: And I'm with you. I think it's a good thing.
0: Me too. Um, do want to circle this into the abs, Megan. I know we talked a little bit about this in Taves yesterday. If you want to expand on that, go for it. But also, I get Gabrikov a defenseman. Very similar situation to JT Confer's offseason here, though. Do those things affect each other at all?
2: Oh, I, I absolutely think so. Because even as you asked Gabrikov's age, I had to confirm JT Confer's 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder, then, what kind of a position he's in in the conversations he is likely to have with other organizations if they're willing to offer him... Anything more than, I'm going to cap it at like four years. I don't sure. know. And and I do wonder if he's looking at shorter term options with higher value up front, or if this is something that maybe points back to Colorado somehow, like is JT Confer's path through Colorado still alive and well? Have I written him off too soon? It does still feel like the market demands for centerman is going to put him so high that I, I still don't tough. know if it's possible because- where I'm imagining JT Comfort is still in this flex, third, second center uh, line centerman role. And that I don't feel 100% comfortable rolling, running that back specifically. Um, if he was utilized in the third line capacity more consistently, it wouldn't justify what he is likely to still ask for. So anyways, I think these things do lend themselves to each other, though, because I think he's still... Chasing down a pretty fair payday because that's what this is for Gabrickon. This is still a really fair payday at yeah, the end of the day. it's not day. cheap for sure. And that's it lends itself to the Dave's conversation too. That we're now looking at another player that beyond next year, especially if the cap does go up. If we're however much, yeah, pay, he's gonna price himself out pretty quickly. So, yeah. so,
1: and that's, and that's my only thing that the only part where I disagree with what you were saying, and it's not even necessarily disagree with more, just like kind of an additional variable is like Gavrikov was highly coveted at the deadline. Like a lot that's of teams trying true. to get him. And there was a lot of conversations like, you know, this is, a, this is a really solid guy on your back end when he gets to UFA. JT Conford just had like a career year. Like his stock has never been higher. And I just can't imagine that his agent is telling him like, I'm sure you'll have two more of those. Like, you can sign a bridge, you know? So, like, I I just do think that he, JT Conver in particular, will have a little bit more emphasis on getting the money that he feels he's worth, uh, you know, right now. Because I just don't know if he would bet on himself as confidently as Gavrikov rightfully did. I think, you know, I think he's a very good player. I,
0: I don't think he could sign a bridge. I think if he were going to bet on himself... One, he would have to believe the avalanche have a spot for him where he yep. could put up another 50 points. I agree. Yep. And then <clears throat> based on what we understand or the salary cap, it would be a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. It would be, hey, let's run this back one more time. You can put up 50 points with us on a one-year deal and then the cap will go up and you can go get paid by whoever's right. gonna pay you. And maybe it's the abs, I don't know. And I don't think it will I be agree. the abs, yep. but it could be. And, and <laughs> the the problem there is one, Confer has to believe he can do it again. Mm-hmm. Two, I think it's pretty likely that the writing is on, is on the wall that the abs are going to aggressively target a two center right. that isn't JT Confer. Right, I
1: was going to say, because that's that's the other point that Megan just made, that, that's a good point, that if you're bringing him back to be the 3C, he's probably not repeating that exactly. performance. You're probably not going to want to give your third line center anywhere near what, what another want. team would give him yeah. to be a second line center. But I, I do think that if he were to do that, if he were to stand betting on myself, there's, he doesn't do it with anyone other than the abs. So if you're going to see a two-year or less deal for JT Conference with Colorado.
0: Yep. I, I think it's interesting how those things shake up because I think you're right. It's What does JT have to gain from betting on himself? I guess a higher salary cap. Yeah. How much does that actually translate into as far as a contract for him?
1: And and it would have to be I'm betting on myself and I think I can get another ring in the next two years
0: with the abs. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess experience matters.
2: Separate from a betting on yourself, there's some component of a proving yourself too. Like if he is looking outside of the Colorado organization, they might not be comfortable with a longer contract in the three to four range. They they might only be interested in one to two.
0: If
1: that's the market for him, his agent's done a horrible job, in my
0: opinion. So my thing is there, because of
1: like what you mentioned a minute ago. There's there's just a dearth of centers. Like he he's one of the few. It's Ryan O'Reilly. Well, the the thing
0: is, a lot of people talk about free agency and overpaying players, and while overpays do happen, as far as dollar amount usually the overpay teams make in free agency is term.
1: You said the mistake they make. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah the
0: yeah. Uh, overpay a of a, exactly it because that's what players want. Most of the time players want stability in their contracts. That's what they're looking for when they go into free agency. They want to be set because as we kind of talked about with Gavrikov at most, You sign two free agency, real free agency deals that aren't, you know, one, two years at the end of your career, you get two shots at that. Mm -hmm. And one of those needs to kind of set you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. most players look at that and say, I want term coming out of this as much as I want money, if not more than the dollar amount.
1: Unless the dollar, I'm sorry, I mean, unless the dollar amount, like what you were saying earlier, Megan, unless that dollar amount is going to be significantly more for a one or two year deal than what he could go out and get on the market or, you know, from other teams, I, I, I tend to lean towards what you're saying. I, I just, I have to imagine that JT confer, uh, you know, his, his girlfriend, his agent, you know, his family, they're sitting there saying that career year came at a great time. And you, you know, you can't do this strike forever. while
0: the iron's hot here. Right, a little right, bit, right.
1: Yeah. You know, a guy like him, maybe 10 years left in the league. If he really ages well, you know, with the physicality and stuff, 11, maybe. So it's like, make sure you're taking care of your situation.
2: I think that makes perfect sense. The only reason I bring up Prove Yourself is because before a career year are several seasons worth of a very different story. It's not bad. It's Mm -hmm. just there's an average before that that it's hard to reconcile the last year of the career year where you also recognize he's playing in a top six made up of Nathan McKinnon and Mika Rantanen. And you could see where some of the career comes from alongside then a playoff performance that fell flat. I just wonder if some of the leverage was lost because of this. Well, I
1: mean, we were making that joke through, through the all seven games. We were like, well, maybe the Avs can keep JT yeah. <laughs> after all. But I, I, I do think, so again, and that was why I make the comment of, if that's the case, his agent has done a horrible job because it, what his agent needs to be doing is saying he was a a, a high-end, bottom-six, Swiss Army knife-type player. He killed penalties. He played on the power play, good playoff performer. And then, because you're right, Megan, and anyone knows this, but the way teams get caught up in free agency, the way he's going to pitch that is, and last year, he finally got the top-six opportunity. Yeah. You put this player, you put my client in your top-six, surrounded by good talent, Look what he can do. He's a 50 to 60 point guy.
0: Just casually ignore he's had that opportunity. Four right.
1: Times. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, Oh no, no, no. We don't need to mention. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. No, 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 not. I'm more of talking about 2023. <laughs> like, you know, and and that's, and that, sh- that should be. And what I imagine will be the sales pitch from his agent and JT comfort when talking to other teams, this guy is worth five by five because he can do it all. And look, he just played in a top six on a Stanley Cup contender and held his own, totally filled in admirably. That that should be their pitch. And that's why, with all due respect to JT Confer, I'm a big fan of JT Confer's game, the way he plays, what he brings, he's probably gonna get pretty overpaid. I I suspect that he will be one of those contracts. We'll look back from next look back at next summer and be like, oops. Uh,
0: two things I want to bring up there. One, I think you made a great point about the idea that JT Confort does everything. Teams do really value, especially when you're talking about a second line or middle six guy. He penalty kills for you. Yep. He's turned himself into not an amazing but a good enough faceoff guy yeah. that you can use him in those he was situations. Among
2: the Best in Colorado. <laughs> yeah.
0: Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> uh but he does all of these other things considered a solid Defensive guy, actually, I think he's a little bit overrated around the league defensively. Not that he's,
2: this not is not a JT Coffer smear campaign not, yeah, okay. in an effort to bring him back to color. Like you guys don't really want him.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm saying these are parts of the reasons that teams are going to talk themselves into going right, and getting right, JT right. Coffer. Absolutely,
2: I think he's
1: a an above average defensive I I, would, I
0: agree with above average. Some people try to call him elite. I don't think he's that, but he's he will help you defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing the one thing we haven't talked about here that comes into NHL players' decisions, they're human beings. JT Comper's from Chicago. Yeah. There's all the reasons in the world that he would want to go back to Chicago.
1: Right up until draft lottery night, I, I actually thought, I was like, that that's probably a shame for him that they're at the point that they're at because he would have no interest in going there. Yeah. As soon as they win Connor Bedard, suddenly JT Comper looks like the
0: perfect player <laughs> slotted behind the perfect
1: yeah. player to go to Chicago. He's won a Stanley cup. Like you said, he's responsible. He gets what it means to be a pro. There's a reason that of the, the, the frat line there, he was the one that stuck. Um, I, I think there's a lot of incentive and that's a team that's got money to play with and they don't need, like they can give the turn Cause even with Bedard they're 3 years from even being like competitive. And so they can give him the money, they're fine strapping themselves for 4 or 5 years, come home, live live near your family, live near, you know, where your sister plays. Yep. Is she going back to Wisconsin? I
2: actually don't know if she, what year she was in.
1: Uh, you know, regardless, it's all in that area.
2: Yeah.
1: And You've played with Nathan McKinnon and Kyle McCarr. You know what it's like to play with great players. Come help this guy. Get acclimated to the league. Learn what it's like to be a pro and play the bumper spot on his power play.
0: Yep. Seems like a pretty sweet deal.
2: She might be done. Well, she she
0: graduated. all the PHF teams are out east anyway. So yeah, I, which I, is she going to play in the PHF? I don't actually all know.
1: All I know but, is I, I don't think Abby Newhook is going
0: to. Play is she play not? Well after, yeah. Okay. Sure. That's well, the only one that I know of. Olympic U.S. team is in Ann Arbor. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're closer to Chicago than Colorado, right, put it that way. Right, right, right. Uh, all right. On that note, it is the off season for everyone but Vegas and Florida, so it's time to get out on the golf course. Get your swing going a little bit. To do that, make sure you sign up with Colorado Golf. You can join over 75,000 golfers with the Colorado Golf Association today and get an official USGA handicap and worldwide access to scoring to score posting, rather, and GPS tracking. Membership means more at the CGA. You get access to a bunch of exclusive courses around the state, including Aspen Glen Club, the club at Ravenna, and the Pinery, not to mention, you know, all the other amazing courses around the state, which Colorado has, like, an impressive number of really nice golf courses.
1: Yeah, I mean, just ask
0: Charles Barkley. <sighs> there you go. Hey, his swing's looking better these days. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not as sick. I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, Members also get access to exclusive content with offers and discounts from national and local brands, including Imperial Golf Tech, PGA Tour, Superstore, and more. You can learn more by going to coloradogolf.org today. And when you sign up, use code DNVR5 to get $5 off your membership. And then when you're done with your round, go get yourself a delicious Breckenridge Brewery beer. You can get them at your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online to find it near you. You don't even have to be in Colorado. They're in all 50 states at this point. Of course, after round, great time to come down to the DNVR bar, grab a drink there. We've got eight different kinds of Breck Brew on tap. So check them out. They've got a flavor for everyone. BreckBrew.com for more info. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast. I do want to start moving into some RFA talk before we get to Cole Caulfield. Let me ask you this Does Gavrikov's contract have any impact at all on what Bone Byram is going to do?
2: Think so. No, okay. I don't think so i think he's been in this solid stage of negotiation for a while that i, I think he has an idea of what he yeah, wants yeah, yeah, so i don't bad. know if it's wavering
1: yeah i don't know if Bo and his agent are looking for like a market to be set they have a well <laughs> they apparently have a pretty good idea of what they think the market should be no for you're
2: him. worth king <laughs> yeah 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 straight up i mean
1: like <laughs> that's that, that's what it is right now for Bo. he's like I don't care. Gavrikov yeah. can do whatever he wants. He's probably
2: like not even aware of this news. Yeah. He yeah, doesn't yeah. need to be. All
0: right. So is Bo's worth a hundred times what I make or only like 75?
1: <laughs> um.
0: The five mil chat. Five mil is a hundred times what look, I
1: make. Look, here's the thing. How'd you guys feel about the Cole Caulfield deal? We, we don't have to get into it yet, but what did you guys think?
0: Love the eight years for, yeah. for the team.
1: Yep. Megan,
2: I feel fine about it. It's, it seems interesting from Caulfield's perspective, but
1: I agree
0: with that.
2: I didn't know if we wanted like dive too deep into it, but we're getting
0: into it it one way or another, so
2: feel like it is slightly to the benefit of Montreal, but for (laughs) Caulfield, I mean, there's, there's flexibility in the middle of it. And at the end of it, until. Especially, like, I'm trying to see when his no move uh, kicks in. Let's see. I
0: think it's the fifth year.
2: Because to me, that's a deal.
1: And the fact that we haven't seen Bo and Byram sign one of those tells me that he probably also thinks that that deal favors Montreal more than it does Cole Caulfield. And that's why Bo hasn't taken a deal like that. But, like, to me, if the Avs came out tomorrow and announced an eight-year, what,
0: Six? Yeah, I don't think you can go over six.
1: Right. So, yeah. So, eight years by six for Bowen Byron. I think that's a grand slam home run.
2: Yeah. You've got two players side by side with injury concerns, but definitely a different conversation with Byron specifically that you, do, you want that term, and mm-hmm. that's a very fair value. He could absolutely exceed that in his career, but with the injury concerns it seems really fair for from Byron's perspective.
1: And, and and see what what's so interesting about this situation for me. I only saw one person on Twitter that didn't like the Caulfield deal and and they were upset by the term relative to the injuries. And I was like you're out of your mind because yeah. you're projecting on the player. And and so that's that's where I if I don't know this for certain but I'd be willing to bet this is where the con the, the negotiations are held up right now between the Abs and Byram's camp is Byram and his camp are saying, and I'm sure the Abs are to a certain extent. We know what kind of player he's projecting to be. Mm-hmm. I, I know my worth. I know what I've done. I know that there was three games in the Stanley Cup final last year where I was the best player on the ice. Yeah. But it it's unfortunate, right, wrong, indifferent, fair, unfair. The dude's young career has been plagued by injuries. Yep. Plagued. He hasn't come close to playing a full season yet.
0: In three NHL seasons, the last one was his healthiest at 42 regular 42, season games.
1: 42. So it's, it's it's again, it's unfortunate. That, that sucks that that's the hand you've been dealt, especially when you look at what the injuries were. That's a really unfortunate hand to be dealt. But it's reality. The abs have to take some precautions that dude in 3 years you you you've barely broken the halfway mark for one season. Yeah. We have to hedge our bets a little bit here.
2: Absolutely, especially knowing the recurring nature of the head injury specifically, but then there is some element of recognizing in this last year it wasn't upper body related. Yep. So yeah. like this is just unfortunate circumstance, but they can't really hold that against him in the same way as the concern for Repeatable c- concussions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like different conversations. Well, you
0: well, could live with lower body stuff, right? The concussion stuff is if you get one or two more of those, your career might just be over.
2: Well, well but,
0: and you could honestly,
1: though, you could even, it, depending on where you're at in the negotiation, That could actually even maybe be a detriment. Look, we're not just talking about a couple freak head injuries here. You missed half the season with a lower body injury that didn't get better. You're now injury prone beyond the head. Right, right. You know, we thought you were going to be gone for three weeks when we were in Finland. We didn't get you back for half the season. So again, I'm with you. Logistically, you know, logically, excuse me, you know that it's probably better that it's not the same injury over and over. But depending on how you're trying to negotiate, you could frame that as like, and you're just getting injured all over the place now.
0: Here's the Eight other <laughs> well, here's the other Eight part years. from Colorado's side of how things they're talking about, things they're trying to negotiate Byram down on. Byram's coming to him saying, look, I know how good I am. I know what I'm worth. And Colorado's going, great. Doesn't matter. You will always be the number two here.
1: Yes, but I, I really do think that the long-term plan is those two. I do too, but welded together.
0: Very definitively. Kale is number one.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's, there's just a different, you can't afford to pay two number ones.
1: Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you've at least in the next five years, if you've got both those dudes hovering around 10, you're in a tough spot, (laughs) but um, I I don't know. I mean, that's honestly why I think something like five years, 4 million is kind of the sweet spot because it gives you time to get the cap up, have a better idea of what kind of player Byron has turned into, have the injuries, you know, leveled off. Do we want this 1A 1B situation? Do you just push your t- chips to the middle and say you know we we have we have the ultimate first pair. So, our our top pairing trumps any other top pairing matchup in the league.
0: The one thing on on the surface I think 5 years does make a lot of sense. The one thing the avs need to be careful about with that is walking him straight to free I was going to say agency. I I, I yeah.
1: say that without looking at his breakdown. Yep. Is he have four years of RFA left?
0: I don't know if the first year counted or not.
1: If you are not going to go to eight, you need to you need to get yourself to the next RFA.
0: I agree. If if that's three, four, whatever it is, don't don't do
1: what Toronto did with Matthews, and And now you are going to watch this guy walk next year. Yeah, Yeah, don't do that.
0: And and I don't even know if I am fully saying don't do that. If you believe five years of Byram wins you one or two I, cups I in the next five years, yep. you don't care. I agree
1: with that. Well, and, and 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 it's the organization betting on itself. Yep. We think in five years we'll have won another cup and we'll be in a position to keep you because you'll have proven that you're just too valuable.
0: Megan, are you on board with a, a middle-term deal or are you thinking more long-term, more bridge with Bo?
2: Uh... I think I started from a place of middle term, like even just in the beginning. But if I'm thinking from the Avs organization perspective, um, like depending on what the value Bo is looking for, term might be better in the long run um, just with what he's projected to be. But I see that a little, like there is a player who is going to continue to advocate for himself down the line into his career. So I could see something like, the no move being activated sooner in his contract if they do do that so that he has some leverage down the line kind of a thing. So that's sort of where I'm at if we're looking at term.
0: Okay.
1: I'm. This might be a little controversial. Oh, boy. I'm officially in the camp of, and I say this knowing that he's an outstanding defender, maybe a top 10 defender in the NHL right now. I'm officially in the camp of move Taves. And just embrace Bowen Byram on your top pair.
2: I thought you were about to slander Byram there. <laughs> no, <thing>. no, <laughs> no, no, kind of like, no. Don't give him term.
1: No, I'm I'm straight up saying move on from what I think is right now a top ten defender in the NHL because there's a good to very good chance that you cannot afford Devon Taves next summer even with a cap bump. So I'm almost saying use him to bring in a two C and say we're just going to go ahead and slot Bowen in there. We're going to bet on him being a high-end player. We're going to give him a long-term deal. We'll go a little bit on the money, maybe not quite to the level he wants, but we're going to make the roster commitment to him. We're going to make the ice time commitment to him. We're going to make a, a, you know, a, a dollar commitment to him and solve a couple of your problems. Oh,
0: I don't hate it. Once. I don't hate it, but you're—that's the decision. If you're deciding to give Bo a long-term deal, I think you're basically saying we are not extending tape. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's the conversation that the Abs are having about right. it.
1: Because because that is where you get into the territory of what are, what are you going to pay three guys? <laughs> you're going to pay three guys in your back end. Now you're
0: Nashville. Right,
1: <laughs> right, right. North of seven, eight. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um. Now, I mean, I, I know there's going to be people that'll say uh you know move Gerard sure
0: you can have that conversation too sure you it, again the reason we talk about Taves as this move is because he's a pending UFA at the end of this coming season anyway
1: right right and and it's just yeah yeah we we don't need to go
0: mm-hmm. that' sure. we've we've been down many <laughs> many many times with that. Uh I, I do want to move on from the defensive side of this. It is a Cole Caulfield deal. He's a forward. It doesn't really seem super relevant to Alex Newhook to me, but maybe you guys disagree.
1: No. Okay. They, 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 they're just, I mean, Cole Caulfield's had a 20 goal season.
0: Newhook's had a 15. <laughs> no wrong. Oh, Ca- has, Newhook did it in 80 games and Caulfield did it in about 36.
1: Right, but, right, <laughs> right, right, right. <exactly. laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And, and I mean, just like with where they're projected, you know, they're really looking at Caulfield to be not just, you know, hopefully a top six them. guy. They're yeah. looking him to be a, a top line contributor, uh, you know, can kind of carry the mail on on a lot of nights. They're looking for him to be closer to Nathan McKinnon than Alex Newham. a 2C, yeah, you know? That's like, fair. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not saying Cole Caulfield's going to get there, but that's the expectation. That's the hope for a player of his caliber.
0: Fair enough. I I do think it's hard to put Newhook anywhere near that category. I agree. For I, sure.
1: I, I think if you end up at any point with a top six player in Alex Newhook, you're doing cartwheels down 16th. <laughs> Maybe not 16th. <16 laughs> yeah, Poor choice. Kicked. Poor yeah, choice yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it on 16th, baby, Yeah, yeah you're, doing, you're doing cartwheels through McGregor Square.
0: All right? <laughs> there you go. You'd be a little safer there. <laughs> uh, Megan, when it comes to New Hook. How much does New Hook's future play into the Avs conversation with JT Comfer?
2: Uh, I I do feel like they're a little bit separate only because okay. of where Comfer's at presently. He just demands more. Oh, for sure. Um, that I think it's okay. Actually, they're connected in that. I think this is also where they have some comfort in allowing JT Comfer to move on to bigger, better payday because of, a Ben Myers, Alex Newhook type Myers in is a good
0: point as well, um,
2: yeah. It's a Newhook ahead of Myers in that line, but it is the hope that Newhook could become a well-rounded player in the same way that JT Comfort was. I think that we've seen teases of that last year and how he was utilized to our frustration at times. Like, well, we want him to be this second-line centerman type player, but he's playing on the fourth, third line. And I, I do think if he is to be utilized like the Swiss Army knife that JT Comfer is, it, these do link in that way, that that could be the hope for what Newhook could ascend to in the immediate. Like, he could always excel beyond that expectation, but I think that's the immediate hope for New Hook is to become a mainstay on the third line. That's sort of where I'm penciling him in for next season. Yep. The only tricky part is he isn't quite to the level of being able to do everything the way that JT Comfer is. And no, not even with penalty killing right. yep. whatsoever. In like, his own end, just Exactly. Period. It's it's a shortcoming. And I think that's one reason why he was on lines with some of the players that he was in hopes to get that type of player out of him. And maybe with some consistency, it still feels like a year out from realizing this. But to answer your question, I take it back. These two are linked to one another, but it is hard. Like I think we've even talked on pods before that we'd be interested in getting somebody for a third-line centerman role. Um, If 2C was resolved first, potentially a top-six second-line winger was resolved first, all right, then we'd be interested in in hearing that out. But once those two things get resolved, how much is left to really come up with an external solution there beyond an internal in Alex Hook? Like, that might be the only option they're left with. In my opinion,
0: it's, to me, it's yes, Alex Newhook, and then also Evan Rodriguez. Uh,
1: I was gonna say he's the other one too. That is maybe just a cheaper version right. of JT Confer.
0: There are Conflict. two Conflict. spots, three guys. Mm-hmm. Three doesn't go into two. Right. One of them's not gonna be there. Newhook's an RFA, so he's staying.
1: Yeah. My, my my only thing with Newhook, and this is the first time I've said this because I, I, I'm I've been a big defender of the kids twenty two.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: He just played his sophomore season. I think the expectations on him from the fan base have been a little bit lofty. However, even if you're saying we solved the 2C problem, we need you to be JT Comfort, his game has to, like he he needs to go a long way by the start of next season. And he needs to go an even, you know, an even longer way by the end of next season. I I thought JT Comfort, excuse me, Alex knew got an outstanding rookie year 15 goals yeah 30 plus plus points. 30 plus point yeah. player i thought he was outstanding for a first year NHLer. you know he had a couple moments where he was pulled out of the lineup a healthy scratch start of the playoffs was impactful as soon as he came back into the lineup he understood the messaging he knew what he needed to do i was really encouraged by that this last season i think was a little bit disappointing i'd be willing to bet you he would say the same thing if you asked him He just, if you want him to even be JT Comfort, I think he's a ways off of that at game 82 of this past season. He needs to come a long way.
0: I do want to talk about that a little bit more, but when you're out on the golf course negotiating contracts, make sure you're looking good in your pins and aces gear. I don't. I don't know. What do you wear to a contract negotiation? A polo, uh, uh, t-shirt. I would.
2: get protector for you. <laughs> like, Blue ink pen. Yes. Ready yeah. to sign. Ready to sign. Ma-
1: Megan has seen my pins and aces button. So up. cool. I, I'd wear that. <laughs> to a business meeting.
0: There you go. So i wear that
1: to a funeral. Even off the golf course, you can course, wear it anywhere.
0: They've got you covered. I would not wear my pins and aces shirt to a
1: funeral. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to say, it's comfortable, I don't it's, even, it's breathable,
0: it look nice. I love my shirt. I love the like athletic material. Yeah, I don't know did, what it's so called. Did you get a button up? Yeah, I I got the polo okay, half button. Okay, so here's in. been, and I always
1: mention this when I do the reads. I have had a legitimate beef with men's, I don't even want to call it like dress clothes, but just like button up collared shirts, men's sure. collared shirts my entire life because they're made for most companies out of the only fabric known to man that doesn't stretch. and doesn't breathe. I don't know where they found it. I don't know, I, I don't know who came up with it like in the early 1800s and it just stuck all the way up until I got this pins and aces mm. shirt. And it's the first time I've ever had a collared shirt that when you do this, it stretches when you do this when you reach for something, you're not being strangled by your collar. Uh, you know, you're not just sweating like craze into there because you can't get yep. a, you know, it's hurricane force winds. Can't feel a thing. <laughs> Not the case with my pins and aces, uh, colored shirts that I've gotten. They look great.
0: Breathable. There you go. You can get all of your golf apparel through pins and aces. Uh, they've got the polos, they've got pants, they got shorts, they got cleats, whatever you need. They've got beautiful hats too. Uh, and then they have extra cool stuff. If you want to be the cool guy on the golf course You get stuff like the liquor sticker, the beer sleeve, have your alcohol good to go in your golf bag serve the other people and they'll be like, "Oh, you're a pretty cool guy."
2: Yep. Pretty
0: cool guy. Pretty cool guy. Uh go to pinsandaces.com today, use the DNVR10 code on your order to get 10% off when you do. And then once you've done that, go check out Shady Rays. Make sure you're looking good clothes. Good sun. I wouldn't wear sunglasses to a to a contract signing maybe, but in, in sunglasses inside. I mean, if you're
1: signing for
0: like $65 million. You wear whatever the hell you want. You want. Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. It's true. Yeah, 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 exactly. Depends on how big post contract actually is. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe you're signing outside, all right? You're at a you're at a table outdoors at the golf course, me, even. Me, me, exactly, exactly. Uh, so get your Shady Rays sunglasses. Tons of different types. They've got a style for everyone. They've got different polarizations. They've got different colors. They've got it all. ShadyRays.com. Use the DNVR code. When you order two pairs or more, you get 50% off your entire order. And they have a brick and mortar here in Colorado in the Park Meadows Mall if you want to go check them out in person. If you don't, it's okay, because even if you get them delivered to you and you don't like them, they give you 30 days to send them back. If you don't like them, if you break them, if you lose them, just let them know. If you have the pair still, send it back. They'll replace them, or they'll just refund you if you really hate them. So, great customer service from Shady Rays. Check them out, ShadyRays.com. Use the DNVR code. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: I just want to interject real fast on this new hook comment that's on here. says, I yep. feel like giving Alex Newhook... Uh, consistent line mates would be, he can be productive. Megan and I talked about this on an at the rink. Mm-hmm. Shit, Megan, this is probably two months going out at this point. But that is one asterisk to include when you talk about the season that Alex Newhook did have. 100%. Coming into, going into training camp, two weeks before training camp, the idea was some version of Nachushkin, McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, Lekin, and Newhook as your top
0: six. Yep.
1: Let's say you went with you know, and McKinnon, Rantanen on that top line. At least to start. Whatever, yeah. Alex Newhook Nechushkin, having Landis Coggin-Nichushkin yeah. riding shotgun is a much different look than him centering not, Logan O'Connor. You're not and worried about him
0: doing JT conference level right, of defense right, right,
1: with those right, two guys right. next to him, right? And then, Megan, I think you were the one that pointed out at the time that maybe his most consistent and best stretch of the season came when he was playing with Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor. Who's just better versions of those two players? Gabe Landiscock and Valentushkin. Like right. that was the that was the model. We're gonna put him with defensively responsible players that dig pucks out and are gonna put him in positions to be able to utilize his his skill set, his shot, his speed, his hands. And it just never really got to that point. So I that is I, I stand by what I was saying a minute ago that he has a lot of ground to cover to even be at JT Confers level. But that is definitely a bit of context from this last season that Yeah, playing with top six players night in, night out would have probably made a difference for
2: him. Yeah, because I think where he- Consistent players. Lost some of Bednar's favor was the lack of production. And I have to wonder if some of that is because of him being in this third, fourth line capacity with a lot of players who were struggling to finish throughout many points of the season. Him included. He's a part of that. He helped me out by Dennis Morgan. Exactly. And that's why it was not just like we mm-hmm. talked about some of the defensive shortcomings, but there is something to be said for he has more to give offensively that he hasn't quite given yet, and they need that from him. And you get that when you have a little more talent alongside you too. So hopefully, the consistency and, and the talent.
0: So here's where I don't disagree with you guys, but I think line mates feels a little bit like treating the symptoms with Alex Newhook because you saw this Truth. year. I. I I am not going to pretend to know the exact inner workings of what the Evs do every day, but get that dude, a sports psychologist schedule and get that guy to get in the right headspace. Because when he's confident, you can see it. That dude is a top six player. When he's confident, he just cannot consistently keep himself there. And when he loses that confidence, all of a sudden my, in my opinion, his best weapon in the offensive zone, his shot mm-hmm. when he I mean, loses it, he just stops even trying. Well, and, to and,
1: shoot. and it also looks like, when that happens, there were several times this year where I stopped and said, is the game still moving too fast for him? Like, is he still getting up to speed? Because despite the line mates and, and the whatever, Megan, how many times were you and I like wringing our fists at that dude just passing up on shots from inside the oh, home player? Yeah. Yep. Or double clutching and like trying to outweigh the goaltender and all that goaltender does is now slide out, eat in the, the position, angle. Yeah. Now you got two defenders on you he'll just miss the net. Like that is the stuff where it's like, that is on you. That's not line mates. That's not whatever. Because like you said, Megan, I think part of the reason there was frustration was because it was like, okay, well, we're going to bump him down to the bottom six, but now at least he can produce. He can be the production down there. And when they bumped Dennis Malgin up over Alex Newhook because he was producing, I thought that was not damning. It wasn't like, that's the end of Alex Newhook's career, but it's just like, dude, you're being outproduced by a waiver wire pickup. That's, that should be you. What, what mm-hmm. Dennis Mulligan is producing, we expect it out of you. And that was the part that was disappointing because he, I'm with both of you guys, I think his, his hands and his shot are his best tools. And when you see the dude just straight passing up on opportunities, it's yep. like, what is going on here? Th- th- this is something beyond ice time.
2: Yep. Oh, 100%. He, he defers too much, and it definitely feels like a confidence issue. There's some reservation in his mind mm-hmm. in those moments that he has to fight through.
0: And I just, I feel like there's a break point there where either, you know, there's a world where his career never gets there and he never figures out the mental side of the game. And what we see now is probably fairly similar to who he's going to be for the rest of his career. Or... He breaks through that barrier. He understands that, oh, I do belong here. I am good enough. Whatever. I can be confident in myself even if I have a couple games that don't go my way. And then you start having a conversation of, I don't think he's a one-to-one replacement of JT Comfer. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever going to bring you the defensive side that JT has. But he can be a more offensively productive version of JT Comfer. It's a great. uh, Not as big, but... Mm-hmm. offensively yeah. it's a very very good comparison i actually really like that if,
1: if you can get that out of him i think you're happy yeah that i know that's what they're looking for out of a guy like oscar balausen yep can you give us burakovsky right score a bunch a of dude
0: goals that don't ends really up do in, much in your else? middle six gives you 50 to 60 points 20 25 goals yep. if, if alex newhook is doing that for colorado it's an easy win for them and
2: can do it from the third line as necessary right. exactly because there might not always be second line yep. opportunity in minutes and, yep. and, but
0: have
1: value and we can flex you up because we know you, you can hang you'll
2: be comfortable yeah yep. yep.
0: all right well i think we've solved all the evs problems in the 50 <laughs> minute show Get <laughs> joe
2: on the phone yeah. <laughs> we didn't even Talk about Cedric Paré. Oh. I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm
0: kidding. Are those abs problems or Eagles no, problems? It's not even I... problems? It's
2: just another contract from today. That we didn't talk about.
0: If you got something to say, did you guys talk
1: about your boy Wyatt. Yes,
2: we did. Yes, yeah, it
0: happened on air. It was yeah. really exciting. Oh, re- yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, we don't have to talk about. Cedric All okay. right, there was really not much to say. I'm so sorry. Happy hey, for Weller.
0: We got the news in there. It counts. There are all right.
2: some players that will be on the card Eagles next year. <laughs> there are
0: some. That's a great way to put it.
2: Have we? Uh, have we, you have you heard anything on Gal, Galchenyuk? No, actually, heard I've been meaning to put out some feelers, yeah, so yeah. I will see what Dang it. what is out. Is
0: he is he some players? <laughs> I
2: right, right.
1: <laughs> Well, and, and he just he seemed like a great fit. It seemed like the relationship was good. Yeah, and that's another guy that I, I just given what we heard about the growth in his game. If the Abs decide to bring him back, that is another guy that I would I would not sleep on as having a shot at the NHL roster.
0: Yep. Somewhere in that points. depth. Yep. I'm
2: penciling him in because of the positive relationship he built in Colorado that there might not be it trust like, in other NHL organizations.
1: Right. It so, seems like it'd be a waste to come do all of that for a year on both sides. He yep. put
2: in so much put in, work. Put in all of that
1: for a year just to let the guy walk or in his instance just to walk to and To not go be in the else.
0: NHL anymore but Unless he's going to
2: sign with like yeah. Anaheim. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny, Magna Cronin,
0: <laughs> Galchenyuk.
2: Galchenyuk.
1: I, I hope he's back. He was he was great in the room. I, I really enjoyed the the handful of times we got I like to the head
2: there. on his shoulders. I think it's a Galchenyuk. good cultural yeah. fit. I um,
0: agree. are we are we official for Friday? Is that happening for sure?
2: <laughs> Before
0: uh, I start advertising things, we're,
1: we're gonna have a guest on. We're okay. fairly confident it was supposed to happen this morning. We had to push it a little bit, but yeah, we will have someone on to talk about. Finals and things like that, and
0: yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it'll be not going to spoil any names, but guest for Friday. Show it's chat. a cool guest. Yeah, uh, keep it locked there. We're going to get out of here for today. We appreciate all y'all hanging out, talking RFA and contract stuff with us. We will be back tomorrow. Jesse and I will be back tomorrow, talking. I don't know more hockey nonsense. Maybe someone will sign another terrible coach. All
1: right, let me ask one last thing. It's not hockey related. There was a comment about it earlier.
0: The messy stuff. Yeah.
1: Do you guys think that moves the needle at all for MLS in the United States?
0: Not really. (laughs) The the MLS has been doing this for decades where guys get to the end of their career and then go over to the the MLS and make a bunch of money to be bad at sports.
2: I don't know anything about that industry, but it's really cool in my eyes. (laughs) It's 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 cool. cool. It's super cool. It should move the needle.
1: Let me ask you this. When Pavel Datsyuk went to the KHL, did it up your interest at all in the Continental Hockey League? It didn't.
2: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. It didn't. <laughs> Great comparison. I think that's exactly something. But up. you know what? It's, but like, think about my proximity to the KHL versus the soccer fan base that football. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I've offended someone. Soccer's well, fine it, he and used
1: to play football. Now, now he plays, plays soccer. So, like,
2: there is a pretty good soccer fan base that will rally around it here. Like, Perhaps. Right, right, right.
1: But it's already a good fan base. I just don't think anybody's like, you know what? I'm is gonna get it, into the MLS now. That is it good? Well, but, but I mean like, I, I'm sorry. You're correct. What I mostly mean is like, that base is the base. The diehards like, will right. love it. You're right. They're <laughs> gonna be hyped on, you're 100% right. It's probably gonna sell more jerseys for those people. But I just, I
0: saw a bunch of people that
1: were like, this, of it. That's this is gonna bl- explode the game in the
0: US. Mm. I was like, you haven't done a lot of market research, mm-hmm. huh? The casual will be like, oh, so Lionel Messi, this guy's pretty cool. And they'll watch one game. They'll be like, ah, it's still soccer. Huh? <laughs> they'll watch one set yeah. of highlights. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's still the MLS. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we're going to get out of here for today. We like all of you. We love all of you. Like, subscribe on YouTube, and we will talk to you tomorrow.